the characters become emotionally or physically scarred, not the players. Welcome to Cardboard and Wine, Episode 2. I'm Mamie. And I'm Josh. Grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's talk about some games. Today on the show, we rendezvous in St. Petersburg with the quarantine specialist just so we can get a blue card in the cooperative legacy game, Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Hi, Mamie. Welcome back. How's it going? I'm good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Tomorrow is President's Day and I don't have to go to work, so that's exciting. That is exciting. You and the kiddos are off school. I unfortunately do have to go to work, but it's a beautiful day today. I know. It was so nice. We finally got some sunshine after all these cloudy winter days we've been having. The kids and I got to get outside for a while. I know. Being cooped up in the house can be great because you can do things like play some board games, but that gets old after a while. You need some fresh air. Definitely. It was so nice tonight. We could see stars. I don't even know when the last time was we saw stars. I know. It has been a while. How's the gaming been this week? Well, pretty good. It's been a busy week. I haven't been able to spend too much time gaming. I guess the last time before this weekend was Tuesday. We had a few friends over Tuesday night and sort of had an impromptu game night. We broke out Clank, which we've both been really enjoying playing, and Photosynthesis, which I love. We'll have to talk about it more at a later date. And then the rest of my gaming energy this week has gone to playing Pandemic Legacy, so we could talk about it today. Yeah, that's right. We finished it. So our review today of Pandemic Legacy will be based on completing the entire campaign. Today, this morning, we completed the entire campaign. (laughs) It is fresh on our minds, folks. We definitely played some Pandemic Legacy. Um, I got a chance to play a few different games. We have had some fun with Clank and Photosynthesis lately. That's true. You know, Clank, I love that dragon attack mechanism with the generating the Clank and putting the cubes in the bag and pulling them out. That's just... I don't know, the level of excitement that generates. It ramps up the intensity for sure as you start to get where the dragon's pulling more and more cubes. Yeah, that is super cool. Also, I had some friends over last night and was able to play one of my newer games, Mini Rails, which is from Moa Ideas Games in Taiwan. That was like my first first game we ever ordered directly from Asia. So that's cool. Pretty cool when the box showed up postmarked from Taiwan. Yeah, so that was cool, but got to play that one. I think that's definitely one that we'll talk about on a future show. It's such a smooth game and kind of gives the feel of a much deeper game, but but I timed it. We played twice last night and it's right around a 30-minute game, so uh, certainly a cool one to have in the rotation. And also, big news. Yeah, speaking of boxes that arrived. Gloomhaven arrived this week. Josh has uh, had the rule book in his hand pretty much from the moment it arrived. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is kind of funny. I didn't notice that. I've, uh, I'll walk downstairs from the bedroom and I'm carrying the rule book. And then I'll walk upstairs to the bedroom and I'm carrying <laughs> the rule book. <laughs> That's true. I'm trying to make it through osmosis. I'm hoping to. And uh, lots of visits to Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, a couple things. One, as we record this, it's actually a miracle we're getting this recorded because I have the very first scenario of Gloomhaven set up on the dining room table right now. And it was all the willpower I could muster to record this episode and not go ahead and start playing Gloomhaven. So if we're talking extra fast tonight, you know why. That is why. Yeah, but I will say one thing I did this week that was gaming related, although not game playing, was organizing that beast of a game. If you've seen it, the box is enormous. I would say that's definitely our biggest box. But you know, I I think it's the type of game that definitely would benefit from a storage solution. But I priced out some of the 
broken token inserts and others and it was $75 oh. for an insert and yeah. said no to that. Uh, so I visited Bass Pro Shops and and bought a few Plano boxes. So uh, I think the cashier at Bass Pro Shops must think I have quite the collection of fishing lures given the number of boxes I've purchased <laughs> over the past couple of days. If only he knew that instead they're full of board game components. That's right. So anyway, we have have lots to say about our game, our feature game this week. So let's jump right in and talk about Pandemic Legacy Season 1. And I will say my, I'll say from the outset, we're going to do our best to avoid any spoilers. So we're going to talk about the game in general terms and only refer to game components and gameplay that's shown in the rulebook upon game start. So if you were to go online and look at the PDF of the rulebook, everything we talk about on the show could be gleaned from looking through that. So we're going to do our best to not spoil any surprises or secrets that you would uncover when you play Pandemic Legacy. So tell them a little bit about the game. All right. So similar to the original Pandemic board game, you take on the role of a team member from the Centers for Disease Control as you work with your teammates to discover cures and save the world from four unique diseases. Pandemic Legacy just like Pandemic, is a cooperative game, but what makes it really interesting is that you have a choice of team members each game, and each member has its own unique ability that's going to help you in a specific way as you work towards saving the world from diseases. The board is represented by a world map containing 48 cities across the globe divided into four zones that are hotbeds for each of the four disease types, which are represented by different colored cubes. Now, during each turn, you're going to travel around the world treating disease cubes, building research stations, and attempting to cure diseases by collecting these sets of five cards matching the color of each disease type. Now, Pandemic Legacy begins as a traditional game of Pandemic with a storyline that begins in January. But over the course of a year, and that's not an actual year. Not an <laughs> Although actual... sometimes it felt like a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, that's a spoiler. Each game represents one month. And the situation on the ground deteriorates, diseases mutate and become harder to treat, players become emotionally and physically scarred, or even lost. And as the game progresses, the story unfolds, new secrets are unlocked, the pressure intensifies until the world is either saved or humanity plunges into permanent chaos. Dun, dun, dun. I will say the characters become emotionally or physically scarred, not the players, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully not the players, <laughs> although uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, so, you know, I imagine most people who have followed board games at all over the last couple of years have probably heard of Pandemic Legacy. So Pandemic, the original Pandemic game, has been out for quite some time. It's been out since 2008, so actually 10 years now. And in 2015, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 was unveiled. When Pandemic Legacy came out, it really made quite a splash and actually rocketed all the way up to number one on Board Game Geek, which is kind of a big deal because I think, of course, now there's another number one game on Board Game Geek. It didn't stay number one for very long, but at the time, it was only the fifth game ever to hit number one on Board Game Geek over a number of years. So this was a very popular and well-received game. Yeah, it definitely made a splash in the gaming world. And we've had original Pandemic as part of our collection and enjoyed playing it for a while. And Josh started talking about this legacy game that he had 
seen people talking about that was number one on on BGG. And I decided that I thought it'd be something fun that we could work through together. So I gifted it to him, although maybe I really gifted it to us for Christmas this year. So we so we just received it over the holidays and have started playing just a couple months ago. Yeah, and and we've obviously played Pandemic quite a few times in the past, but mostly as a casual four-player game, I don't think we I don't think we ever actually played original Pandemic as a two-player game. When we got Pandemic Legacy, I spent a little bit of time going back and forth between trying to rustle up a couple of other players so we could do this four-player experience like we had always done regular Pandemic or whether we should just go with the two of us. And ultimately, we decided we would just tackle it ourselves because I knew you know, I knew we'd need to play this game. At a minimum, you have to play it 12 times, but 12 to 16 or 17 times. And I knew it wouldn't necessarily be that easy to get players together that many times without potentially stretching this whole thing out for for quite a while. Yeah, and our typical board game group is not one to want to commit to playing the same thing over and over again. We They definitely value variety more than repetition. So we made the decision to play just the two of us. Yeah, and I think that was a fine experience. I don't know what your experience with that would be, but I thought it was a totally fine experience to be done with two players. Yeah, I think it, it worked well for us because we were able to squeeze in gameplay like in the middle of the afternoon and other times that would have been much more difficult to get other people around. I will say we started out playing our very first round with just two characters, but then we also ended up deciding to play a, a third player that we controlled together. And I think that worked out well. Yeah, and in fact, the way the game is set up with all the different characters it is totally okay and sometimes actually important to switch up the characters you use from game to game. And so, I mean, something else you could do if you had players who didn't necessarily care about being in on the unveiling of the unveiling of every secret is you could easily play a few games, two players, and then bring a couple other people in sort of in the middle because each game itself is kind of a standalone experience. For the most part, you just have to catch them up on some additional rules that maybe have come into play since the start. So let's talk a little bit about the components of Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, I mean, components-wise, it's pretty much just like Pandemic. The cards are good quality. The cubes are nice. The board's clear. There aren't really any, I don't have any real complaints about that. Yeah, I'll say one one minor quibble I have, uh, one of my jobs in the game was to Anytime we unlocked some new secrets, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I should say these these new secrets are unlocked, and this is not a spoiler at all. But uh, the box comes with a number of of boxes that are sealed up that you'll open throughout the game, and also what they call these dossiers, which sort of are like these four. If you're familiar with advent calendars, <laughs> they are like an advent except, calendar. Except they're I, this is a spoiler. There's no chocolate inside. No, any just of the paper. dossiers any of the pandemic advent calendars. <laughs> uh, so there are four of these and they have all these little windows that you have to open throughout the game. And they're in sort of random order. So there are ones that have letters and then there are ones that have numbers and there's like 40 or 50 of these. But they're in totally random order upon on each of the dossiers, on each of the four sheets. But then also the order with which you unlock them is also in a random order. <laughs> so sometimes throughout the game, not a not uncommon situation would be maybe you unlock five or six different things at one time. And so it actually sometimes took a lot of time to hunt down which doors were where. Yeah, I'm not sure what the designers were thinking with that. I mean, it, it 
my mind thinks that why are they not in numerical and alphabetical order? I wonder if they thought that the searching through the dossiers was kind of part of the adventure. I don't know that it necessarily added much, but that's the only thing I can think of for why they would design it that way. Yeah, I will say that part didn't necessarily get my heart racing all that much. (laughs) Uh, It was more just annoying. Although, you know, maybe I could see where there are a few things that happen throughout the game. It's not a completely linear path. There are certain things that different game groups might unlock in different orders. And so, you know, if, if the boxes opened in a very specific order, you might realize like, oh, we missed there's something we haven't done yet. Whereas you would totally not know the way it is now, but either way, there were a few times it took a little longer than I would have liked to find those, but that's a pretty minor thing. So Mamie, we talked about the components. What did you think about playing Pandemic Legacy? So at its core, the gameplay of the Legacy game is really similar to the original Pandemic. Since that game's been out and around for a while, I think most of you are probably familiar with that. We're not going to take a lot of time in this episode to go into the details of Pandemic, but instead we're going to focus on some of the ways that it's a little bit different. One of the things that you'll notice as soon as you open the rule book is that there are spaces there to add additional rules. So as you continue to play the game, further rules and further actions become available. Yeah, and there are actually lots of those. I mean, you open this rule book, it's it's worth it if you don't have the game yet to look at that rule book PDF and there's lots of empty space. In fact, page 10 is just a completely blank page with 10 empty boxes that will be filled in later with new rules. Right, as you go through those dossiers and search, you'll find all those different rules. <laughs> you'll you will eventually find rules <laughs> J, K, L, M, N, O, P. But not in that order. <laughs> not Definitely in, not in that order. <laughs> yeah. um, so a couple of neat things that are different than regular pandemic are the fact that the different characters can have various relationships with each other. So there are different characters you can choose from, but when you decide to play with those characters, one of the first things you can do when you introduce them into the game is you can give them a relationship with one of the other characters. So you can make them friends or family or even rivals with one another. And by doing so, that relationship gives them certain abilities that they share when interacting with that other player. Yeah, I really liked that feature. I thought it was really unique and it definitely impacted which characters we decided to play with in certain situations. That was a neat functionality that was new. Yeah, and and it really did make even the pregame decision-making so much more interesting because you knew the scenario. So you might say, oh, well, the operations expert, his special ability might be really important for this game. However, the quarantine specialist and the medic they're family members, and so they can do this special thing if they're playing at the same time. So it kind of added this neat decision-making consideration that, that's not available in regular Pandemic. And the other thing that is super cool is on the character sheets, there's a space for you to give them a name. Yes, we named all of our characters. I believe you were Chuck for most of the game. Yeah, I was Chuck the Medic for the entire game. That's Actually, true. that was yeah, the only character. Changed. Although I, I personally think even regular Pandemic, the medic is totally the most important. It's a very one. strong character. Yeah. So, yeah, we ended up playing with the medic the whole time. I was Chuck the medic. One of my uh, characters died. That's another thing that's different in the Legacy game. If, if not died, was lost. Oh, sorry. Was lost. <laughs> You're careful um, to say characters could be <laughs> lost. Um, yeah. When when characters are in cities, when that, that outbreak, they get what are called scars. And if your character gets 
more than two scars, they're lost. And so one of the characters that I played for a lot of the game was Jane. She was the researcher, and she ended up being lost. Yeah, things did not end so well for no, Jane, the researcher. Jane. Yeah, and, and we, we had a little bit of sadness when Jane, the researcher, <laughs> we had been through a lot together. And so it was a little bit, uh, it was a little traumatizing, I felt like. I felt angry at the game. Yeah, that was definitely a moment where we were <laughs> angry and frustrated. Yeah. I guess the last big thing that's that's different from original Pandemic is cities that get outbreaks. And so we should mention these outbreaks, just like regular Pandemic, a city can house up to three cubes of each disease type. But if a fourth cube comes in, that, that triggers an outbreak and disease spreads to all the adjoining cities. However, in Pandemic Legacy that impacts the panic level of that city. And so after the first outbreak in a city, it becomes unstable. And you you actually go in, anytime this happens, there's a sticker sheet. And you go in, you put a little sticker indicating the city's unstable, which really has no effect on gameplay. However, the second time an outbreak occurs in that city, the city begins rioting. And you put a new little sticker that looks, it's an even more ominous sticker. And beyond that, it actually has some gameplay consequences. So a rioting city you actually can't do the charter flight action to move in and out. So it just gets a little trickier to navigate in and out of riding cities. However, if it outbreaks some more, it eventually becomes a collapsing city. And finally, if you're really unlucky or in reality, if you're just not paying attention at all, it will become a fallen city. And fallen cities require you to discard two cards of that color just to enter the city. Uh, that actually never happened Yeah, luckily us. we were able to avoid having any fallen cities, yeah. but we definitely had quite a few that ended up rioting. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's unavoidable. I mean, I should mention too, if your character is in a city, when it falls, uh, your character is lost and out of the game forever. Not dead, but lost. No, lost. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the last thing we should mention is the legacy deck. Right. So the heart of the storyline of this game is the legacy deck. And it's a deck of cards that you draw at the start of each month. And so when you draw that card for the month that fills you in. It's your briefing for what you're trying to do that month. And there's a ton of cool stuff that happens through that legacy deck as you keep flipping those cards and going through the months. But we won't go too much into that. We don't want spoilers. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely something we can't talk about here. So that's a little bit about Pandemic Legacy and some of the key features that are unique from Vanilla Pandemic. So, Mamie, we're, we're done with this. We finished it this morning, as we said. Um, and I also want to say we won. We did. We did win. We saved the world. We won't go too much into what that means, but we did win. We did win. So, now that, now that we're done, what were some things you liked about the game? I will say that my favorite thing about the game is the same thing that I actually love about the original Pandemic is that it's collaborative. Something about me is that I don't really enjoy games if they're too directly confrontational, right? Uh, I would say that's true for the most part. The original Pandemic was kind of the first collaborative game I had ever played. And that concept was really unique and really fun. And, you know, I, I loved that collaborative aspect of the Legacy game as well. I also like that it it sort of mirrored that escape room adventure experience, you know, where you were working together to solve puzzles and to overcome obstacles. And I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I think it was really fun working together, especially just the two of us. I mean, I think there are other ways to play, but I liked that it was something that we just worked on together rather than working in opposition. I think that's totally true. And and I agree. I think that's true of regular pandemic, but that 
cooperative and that cooperative feeling and that camaraderie built in yeah. playing this game together is just amplified tenfold in Pandemic Legacy over the experience that you get playing normal Pandemic. So I would actually say if you have people that you really enjoy playing regular Pandemic with, you will have a blast playing Pandemic Legacy together because it just takes that... Camaraderie is a good word. Yeah, that pressure and that camaraderie and just amps it up big time. I'll say for me, one, one thing I really liked is this was our first Legacy game that we've played. And... We started this out on a snow day. We had a fairly unusual uh, big snow in North Carolina, which shut down schools for a few days. And and we had a couple of days we were stuck at home and stuck inside. And so that's when we broke this out. And I will say the first time we we played through our first game of this and, and we, we were, were hooked. hooked. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, were, we just wanted more. We were like, sorry, kids, turn on the Netflix. <laughs> Mom and dad are playing some Pandemic Legacy. We left it sitting on our dining room table and over those two days, we binge played. Yeah, I think we probably cranked the first four or five months out Definitely. in that first couple of days. And, and I should mention too, another thing I like is I actually timed our last few games. And I will say this, if you play Pandemic Legacy, you will be pretty darn good at Pandemic by the end. Uh, we haven't done it yet, but I imagine if we were to sit down and play a game of normal Pandemic right now, we would kill the game. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> got the mechanics of getting everything set up and of gameplay down to like a science and, and got very efficient. Yeah, and our, our last couple of games, Mamie, were just over half an hour. So, you know, you really can start knocking this game out. So those were some things we liked. Was there anything you didn't like about Pandemic Legacy? Oh, what a question. So I do think that the game was really, really fun, but there was definitely a time in the middle that it was just repetitive. I don't want to spoil too much, but at least in our play, and I do think it can go different for different players, a lot of the middle months seemed to have really similar objectives and really similar things that we were doing. And it it got frustrating. And we mentioned earlier that when my player died, we both were really angry and frustrated. And I mean, it became a little bit exhausting. I know at one point we opened something from our dossier and both of us just groaned. (laughs) And that's not really what you want in a game that you're, you know, playing for fun. So I think that repetition in the middle there just got a little, a little slow. Yeah, I totally agree. The, The repetitiveness of it did, did become a factor for me as well. Again, some of that could have been our specific situation where we really did fit this entire thing into a fairly short amount of time. I would say most of our gameplay was broken into two two sessions. We played about half of it over a probably three or four day span and then took about a probably three or four week break and then wrapped it up in the last few days. But I'll, I'll say at the beginning, I was super into it those first few months I think if this game would have ended after six months of the campaign, it would have been a definite 10 out of 10 for me on Board Game Geek. So fun. But my excitement really did kind of wane as the campaign drug on, and I totally agree. There were a few times, yeah, we would open up a new objective and be like, oh. <laughs> so, Not again. Yeah, so I, I, totally, I totally agree with that sentiment, Mamie. So uh, I guess related to that, in general, how did you feel playing this game? What did this? What did Pandemic Legacy evoke as you played it? Yeah, you know, as I said, I think 
my feelings kind of changed over the course of the game. And I, to some degree, I feel like they probably mirrored the theme, right? It might be what it was like if you were actually trying to save the world from epidemics. At the beginning, I was like full of adrenaline and excited and ready to go. You know, we binge played over that snow day and I wanted to keep playing more. But in the middle, it just became intense, but also monotonous. And I, I think we, we felt a little hopeless and discouraged, like we were never going to save the world. Um, but towards the end, I definitely kind of had a, a resurgent of hope and uh, excitement. And, you know, the last couple months I thought were really fun. So, you know, it, it kind of waxed and waned. And in the end, I have to be honest, you know, I was kind of just glad it was over, which is not necessarily how you, you know. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's kind of a unique feature of a legacy game perhaps and what i would be interested to see is in you and i if we tackle another legacy game or two if we have the same reaction to those repetitive plays as we continue through a campaign as we did with pandemic legacy because one thing i think the legacy game encourages you to do in a way that a traditional board game doesn't is because there's a finite ending you feel a little bit of of pressure or obligation to complete it right and so it puts a little extra incentive to keep playing it or to choose that game because you feel like you're not done until you've played a certain number of times or completed a certain number of objectives. And it can start to feel like work in a way a sit-down-and-play normal board game would, would do. So I'd, I'd be curious to find how we feel playing different legacy games in the future. Yeah, I definitely think it would be interesting to sort of tease out if that was something specific to this game and the way it was structured and designed, or if that's just a component of playing this type of game. We'll have to try another one so we can figure it out. Yeah, so what I wanted, what I thought about a little bit was who to recommend this game for. So one of the things we, we normally like to ask is, when would we break this game out? And and that you can't really answer that question because now that we've completed Pandemic Legacy, we probably won't play it again. Maybe switching the question who we would recommend this to. And what, what I would say is if you are someone who really likes the game Pandemic, you will really love Pandemic Legacy. If you're somebody who is lukewarm on the game Pandemic, you might be intrigued by the legacy aspects at the beginning. But it's worth noting that at the end of the day, at its core, it's still pandemic. Yeah, and it's 12 months, which can mean 12 gameplays or, depending on how you succeed in those months, more than 12 gameplays of pandemic. So I yeah. think you have to think about that. Yeah, and we didn't, we didn't say this, but um, so this game will be completed. This legacy deck moves you through the game, and you will be completed in a minimum of 12 games and a maximum of 24 games. So... Even if you were to lose two times in a row in a month, the game moves you forward. And so uh, so you will play this game from 12 to 24 times, which I've heard a drawback some people have towards Pandemic and Legacy games in general is the fact that you play it a certain number of times and you're done and you can't play it again. However, like us, Mamie, if we, were, if we look at our plays of all the games we own the percentage of games that we have played 15 times is very low. So actually Pandemic Legacy, I should look that up, but I would say Pandemic Legacy is in the probably top, definitely top 10 of plays in all the games we own. So that's a a good number of plays for for the value of the cost of this game, I would say. Yeah, and I I think sometimes I wonder if the, the fact that we did do it so quickly 
it was a was a factor in our experience. I I do think that it probably led to a better experience than if you spread it out. I mean, I guess you could potentially play one a month for a year. Oh, like a real time experience. Yeah, if you were playing with your game group. Oh, you and know? you know, we we actually started in January, so we could we could have yes. Although it's hard for me to think of, we would only be in February. No, <laughs> right I don't think now. we could do. It. I mean, we were too eager and too excited. But but that is something that you could do. I think when you think about who you're playing with, I think. Thinking of someone or some group that you're definitely going to be able to commit to to 12 to 15 to as much as 24 gameplays with, that's kind of the key factor in determining who you would want to play with. I also think it's definitely not a game for someone who is not that into gaming, who's a casual gamer. I think they could very quickly become burned out and discouraged. Yeah, I would say that's true unless they haven't played Pandemic before. Because I know for a lot of people, Pandemic is a great gateway game into the hobby. One, because it's a very good game on its own. It's a very engaging game. But two, the fact that it's cooperative is something that a lot of people haven't experienced in a board game before. But yeah, but that that could be true. It takes a lot of stamina, a lot of hours at the table. I think commitment is the key word there that whoever you're playing with has to be committed to, you know, 12, 15 gameplays. And if you are someone who cannot stand the thought of ripping things up or putting stickers (laughs) onto your game to permanently alter them, this is not the game for you. Yeah, no, lots of things end up stickered or torn up by the end of the game. Yeah, and I really am led with, what do we do now? I mean, trash days tomorrow, do I just go chuck it into It's the, all recyclable. Should I just throw it in the recycling bin? It feels so weird. So I will say we did package up the components, the cubes and the little um, character pawns, because we can use those. I mean, you never know when you're going to lose something from a game and need those. The The plastic components, we definitely should hang on to but all the paper it might need to go in the recycling yeah maybe i'll post a photo of my pandemic legacy box looking up out of the recycling all right mammy well we have covered this pretty thoroughly now so why don't we give our final thoughts and rating and then we'll get out of here yeah so on the whole i found it really fun you know with the exception of those few months in the middle I'm left kind of wondering if we should have spread our gameplay out more instead of trying to complete it so quickly, um, or maybe if the game just needed to be fewer months. I do think I'd be interested. There is a second season, which we hear is better. Oh, that's right. Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Yeah. Yeah. Getting really great reviews. Right. Do you think you would want to play? I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think I would. I would be interested, but I definitely need a few months break before we get to that. All right. So what's your rating? Well, so last week we went into this rating scale based on wine, and I'm going to go a little rogue today. Okay. Um, because I, I think Pandemic Legacy is champagne. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So it's it's something special for a special occasion. You know, it was fun. It was unique. It, but it's not something I would want to do often. So on a one to five scale, you're giving it a... I'm ge- a C. I'm giving it a C. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, you're totally right. You're t- it's like, and that's how I feel about champagne, actually. I, I drink <laughs> champagne exactly one time per year, New Year's Eve. Or maybe when someone gets married. Probably not. Not if there are other <laughs> options. But yeah, that, that's good, Mamie. I totally agree with you there. All right. So I guess my final thoughts. You know, as I said, when we finished our first game of Pandemic Legacy, I was completely hooked on the game. It really did feel like watching the first episode of a really cool new show on Netflix, and and we just wanted to binge play as much 
as possible. However, a little over halfway through, some of that initial excitement definitely wore off. And at a time, the gameplay did feel a little redundant. You know, I'd open up a box or a panel to unveil a new challenge or objective. And like we said, the initial reaction was, oh, great. Now I have to do that. Instead of eager anticipation, which, again, this is a game. This is something we're choosing to do for fun. Um, And at some point, I felt like I was continuing more because I felt the need to finish it than the desire to actually play the game. Now, certainly, as you mentioned, Mamie, this might have been mitigated if we would have spread it out a little bit more over time. But I know there are other games in my collection I've played 10 to 15 times, and I never felt that way. So there were moments I had a lot of fun playing this. The cooperative play that we had together was really cool at times. But at the moment, you asked how I felt about Pandemic Legacy Season 2. And despite the really positive reviews, I'm just not feeling super excited to play it at the moment. I need a break. So I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5. Okay. And on our wine scale, that's a wine in a box. Right. It has its moments. There are some good things about it, but there's there's some concerns as well. So I'm going to go for a three, but I will say, like I said before, initially I was like, this game's amazing. One of the best games I've played. And that was how we both felt. But over time, it <laughs> really kind of tanked it. Uh, and I do need a break. So I'm going to go three, three out of five for Pandemic Legacy. That sounds good. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We've had a good time talking about uh, our first Legacy game we played together. Yeah, and I also want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks for listening to Cardboard and Wine. If you're interested in our show notes or links and other fun info about the games we discuss on the show, you can visit our website at cardboardandwine.com. If you have feedback on the show or suggestions for a future show, you can send us a tweet at boardandwine, email us at cardboardandwine at gmail.com, or you can jump into our guild on Board Game Geek. I have an important announcement. Just today... I signed up for Board Game Geek and joined our guild. Wow, that's impressive. You, yeah. You are on Board Game Geek now. It's like I am. A, brave, a brave new world. <laughs> uh, well, that is really cool. You know, you can add me as a friend. I don't think I have any friends on Board Game Geek. You can be my friend. <laughs> okay, one. we should be friends. Uh, well, that's really cool. Well, I wanted to also mention something new. I created an Instagram account. Oh, nice. So we are at Cardboard and Wine on Instagram. And we both love taking photos of we games. Do. So so we've got some up there if you want to connect with us that way. Uh, you can also leave us a review on iTunes as a new podcast. Uh, it's really great to get the feedback and it helps new listeners discover our show. All right. Until next time. Cheers, cheers and, and happy, happy gaming. gaming.